It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I uh, uh, want to kind of prep you for the message today. It's about questions Jesus asked, because uh, we, all, we all like to ask God questions, but really, the great question asker is God. And I think you're going to enjoy the message today. So listen close. God bless you as you do. If you're here today and you're beginning to seek Christ, I'll tell you one of the, one of the great obstacles you may be having to leap over this morning is this emotional sense of rejection that you're certain is coming from God to you, but it really is within your own heart and mind from some tapes that somehow get in our mind because this world is so prevalently filled with this rejection syndrome. It's just built right into life and we hate being rejected. In fact, psychiatrists say we are born with two innate fears. One is the fear of abandonment, which is another way of saying rejection. And the fear of engulfment, which means to lose our identity in another or to be smothered or something at a primal level. But one of our primary fears that we're born with is this fear of rejection or abandonment. It's intensely grilled right into our being. Now what happens within six months, you acquire a whole wheelbarrow full of fears. And after you, who knows how many fears we've been able to develop in, you know, 30 or 40 years or 25 years or, or more. But the primary fear is this fear of rejection, which taints all of our life. And when it's there, it's a problem. It stops spiritual growth. It stops the discovery of God in our life. It ruins marriages. It causes people to bail out on jobs. It's a fact that there, many of us are being shaped by the rejection syndrome right now at possibly every level of our life. Uh, they'll often refer to it as developing self-fulfilling prophecies where we have individuals, and we probably every one of us have been prone to this one time or other in our life, where we will reject others before they get a chance to reject us. Or we will develop scenarios where we fulfill this prophecy of rejection And frankly, our lives are a mess because of this rejection syndrome that starts off with an alienation from God, this basic idea that He is unwilling to accept us the way we are. And we, like Cain, have to listen to God ask it this question. Why are you angry? We're often angry because we feel rejected. And then God would ask us, where are your accusers? If you look around, there are none, except maybe you. Well, where does all this come from? Well, a lot of times from tapes. I mean, it starts pretty early. I, I remember the first date I had. Um, and, I, and I wanted to ask, uh, my uncle was uh, involved in Demolay, and, and I, don't come talk to me about Masonic Lodge. He went to three dances. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, and I wanted to take Pam to the, to the, to the, uh, the uh, dance. And Pam was really a neat girl. We were kind of friends. And I really, really thought I'd like to be seen with her. And, and it took me several days to build up the courage to, uh, to ask her if she would like to go to the Demolay dance with me. And it was outside uh, class in the hall. And said, hey, Pam, would you like to go to a dance with me uh, this Saturday night? And she said, no, not really. And, uh, and, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of good reasons, like she had another date or there must have been other good reasons than, than the ones I thought of, like, is my deodorant failing me? Uh, do I, you know, how's my breath? Uh, maybe I'm just ugly. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe she hates all of these things. 
And, and, and then I, I couldn't bring myself to not show up at this dance without a date, so I settled for Diane. I figured she would never say no because no one else was going to ask her. Well, come on, you do the same thing. Please <laughs> sit there. Sit there and judge me. <laughs> sit there and judge me. And I know you. I know many of you. And you would be far worse. You would start with Diane. <laughs> and this develops and, and we become mean even as we just have for the last, the last few moments. Why? Because of this rejection syndrome. I hated it. I remember the first job search you went on. Oh, I hated that. My dad said, give me all these, all these stupid points of advice. Like, say you can do anything. You'll do anything and you can do anything. I couldn't do anything and I, there were certainly many things I didn't want to do. But I'm out there and I'm looking for a job. And I go to the place and they say, well, we want somebody about your age, but we want someone with cash register experience. Now, where are you going to get an 18-year-old kid what cash register experience? Unless you give them a chance to learn how to do it. But they said no. Went to another job. And they asked me if I knew how to do such and so. I'd never even heard of it. And finally, I got a job on a machine that apple juice would be shot into. And my job was to take a long metal stick and make sure the cans didn't tip over. That I could do. <laughs> that I could do. But it was such a long search for something I could do. And every no that I received crushed me further. That's the kind of world we grow up in. Sometimes the tapes come from our parents. I know as a parent the temptation to be really hurtful, like your son brings home a report card, five A's and one B. And you notice that this B is in P.E. And you're wondering how a kid gets five A's in things like advanced mathematics, advanced language studies, and gets a B in P.E. You just know they're screwing around in class. That's what you know. And something overtakes you, some demon or something. I'm not sure what it... And, and you're tempted to point out the fact that surely they can improve this one grade. Now, I have never done that. I have been tempted, but I've never done that. But we grow up in a world where that is. The pattern of training often. And we hear rejection when we've tried so hard. And the tapes start rolling. And then we don't accept ourselves often. We reject ourselves. Because we live in a world that prizes power, that prizes beauty in the form of physical appearance, intellectual prowess, or a bank account. And I know I was bemoaning the fact the other day that my mother gave me way too much milk and uh, fat, food with fat content, and it's affected the very cells in my body. And genetically, I'm coded toward this, and, 
and I, and I, and I don't like being fat, and, and yet I eat very moderately, and, and I grow. And my wife has the kind of, you know, metabolism. She can determine where she's going to set her weight. She exercises. She's there. I can go on, you know, horse food and rabbit food and intensive exercise for three months, and all my body says is, nice try. Nice try. And I, and I, my wife said, you know, you don't ever buy the right suit. Well, I know what size suit I wear. And I went in to look at some, some pants the other day, and they guessed my pant size by looking at me. And it was, it was fully two sizes bigger than I knew it should be. And it angered me that it fit, and I felt so, <laughs> I felt so rejected and couldn't accept Myself, we live in that kind of world. It affects our spiritual growth as Christians as well because, let's face it, part of spiritual growth is having the Lord through others or through His Scriptures or by an intuition from the Spirit and inspiration from Him. He will regularly point out needs for improvement as well as provide grace to accomplish it. We're looking at the giving area right now. It's the Lord of our soul's right to come and bring corrective measure to our life. Hebrews says that the son who is never chastised is no son at all. Okay, we're looking at uh, a study here in questions that Jesus asked. Uh, You know, we like to ask God questions, but we forget that Jesus actually was a great question answer. But let me first introduce you to my friend Scott. we got a couple things we talked about. Hey, on the phone we've got Scott from Faith Life and uh, Lexham Publishers Press, I guess is Lexham Press. And uh, I've asked Scott to, uh, they're, they're kind of partnering with us a little bit on the show. We're going to extend to you some of their products for gifts that you would present to the show. And you can go to our webpage and process all that at DougMuirInRadio.com. But I wanted uh, Scott to share a little bit. Scott, highlight one of the products they could get off from Lexham Press that, uh, that, is, a, that is a good a good uh, piece yeah, of absolutely. study material. Yeah, absolutely. So so one of the things that we have that just came out is a book called Christ Above All. Um, it's in a series of books we have called the Transformative Word Series. And essentially what um, these volumes do is they work through um, a book of the Bible and ask questions about how can we understand the way that those uh, those texts speak to us today. Hmm. So this book in particular, Christ Above All, is about the book of Hebrews. So that's okay. one that uh, we're really excited about. It just came out pretty recently. Yeah, chapters focusing on who is Jesus, uh, how do we understand uh, Jesus' humanity, how do we understand the magnificence of Jesus, Wow! how do we understand the Old Testament in Hebrews. It's a, it's a great resource, and That's the series is a really excellent series Great book. Well. So, how yeah. much would that cost? To buy. So that one is twelve. That one is twelve ninety nine. Okay. Um, but we also have some other uh, books in that series as well. Okay. Um, and so yeah, there's there's several other um, okay. uh, uh, books in that series as well. So, so yeah. if someone were to contribute to our show, go to our website at dougmearnradio.com and contribute anything. I'm just telling everybody we're going to make sure Scott sends you out one of these books, and uh, we're excited about being able to offer that. You know, any size gift. We'll, we'll get the, the book in the mail to you. And uh, so is that some of your series have gotten some awards. I noticed the other day you got some outstanding materials besides that at your website. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So one of the books, especially to you, that we're just thrilled about, um, it's beautiful, came out really well. Um, I use it for my own personal Bible study, is a book called the Lexham 
geographic commentary on the Gospels. So it's kind of a mouthful, so let me explain it just really quick. You sent me one so, of those, and I've, I've been working through it. It's a very fascinating approach to the Bible. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the, the way that the, this book works is that it's kind of like other commentaries, you know, where they'll explain certain pieces of the text or something like that. But this one in particular is really neat because what they do is they look at different small passages of Scripture, and especially for this one where we cover the Gospels. But So for instance, we might take the birth of Jesus, the birth narrative. So um, let's say you go to the first chapters of Luke, and uh, you're going to, to a familiar passage you're, you're used to. So for instance, let's talk about Jesus being born um, in a stable. And so what this what this book does, and the way that these scholars that came together and put this together, they really help you to understand, okay, what was the geography of the region at the time? How would the geography have shaped the way uh, that one would have understood the text? So, for mm-hmm. instance, um, there's going to be there's going to be an understanding of the first century uh, culture in terms of how roads work, in terms of how stables work, in terms of how some of these things are. And so, what it will do is it's it's really helpful for having a fresh insight and a fresh understanding for passages that we've maybe read um, mm-hmm. hundreds of times, even. Right. Having really fresh insights that and, and they're, um, you're not going to normally get from a regular. They're really break. accessible to everybody. I flip through them. Yeah, no, and that's and and, that's, what's, uh, that's what's wonderful about. And it. if yeah. someone wanted to help the show, I'll tell you, you can go to my Facebook, just simply Doug Murin, Facebook, and I put up the ads, the well, whatever it is, the the site connection to uh, Lexum and to uh, uh, Faith Life products, and you can go there and spot any number of products for them as well, and. The people at Faith Life are being so kind to us on our radio show. They're actually extending support to our show for every cell we get there that's that's significant. And so I want to encourage all the people who want to see the show, get out there. And we are about ready to go to some other shorter three-minute on FM radio, pure grade, in-your-heart evangelism. And this is going to help us be able to do that. But if you can uh, want to help with the show and you want to grow in your knowledge, Scott and the guys here are ready to to give you uh, this gift as a thank you from us. So thanks, Scott, for jumping in. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're really honored, really happy to do it. And, yeah, if there's anything we can do, definitely check out lexampress.com. That's Mm -hmm. L-E-X-H-A-M press.com, and you can learn more about our resources there. Super. Thanks, Scott. We're going to get back to the show now, but I'll uh, be in touch with you again. Absolutely. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Scott. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. When we're in a rejection pattern, though, and we hear a corrective word to us, we are unable often to receive that because we feel rejected rather than realizing that an adequate view of God understands He will never reject us, but He accepts us. And when pointing out needs for growth, He really intends to provide the way to accomplish that. He doesn't intend on rejecting us at all, ever. Our only accuser is ourselves, and maybe a handful of others. Well, what can we do about it? I think one of the places to start this morning, and I I need to start winding it down, but listen to me intently here. One of the places we need to begin is, is being able to spot when we're in a rejection syndrome pattern, when we are being shaped by this fear of rejection or from reaction to past injury from rejection. Here are are some things I've discovered in reading and in counsel and in looking at this topic, how to answer these questions that Christ would ask us. I have found several ways you can spot if you're really being shaped by a rejection pattern. And here's the first one. One, do you find yourself fearful of trying new things? 
Are you afraid to try new things? Is there a job you'd like to shoot for? Is there a skill you'd like to learn? Is there a friendship you'd like to begin making, but you're afraid to? You're afraid to try new things. Maybe one of the signs that you're afraid of being rejected, and so you won't launch out and try something new. That's one sign. Another sign is, do you find yourself accusing others and pointing out others' faults constantly? Do you, do you pretty much have other people's sins memorized around you? Every once in a while, I'll phone a psychologist or a therapist and ask them some opinions about topics that I'm preparing to preach on, and sometimes I can cloak that as you know, a way to get help personally without them knowing that I have problems. And, and I asked an individual recently uh, how, how they really discover what someone's real uh, emotional turmoil area, where their real areas of emotional turmoil, turmoil can be located. And he described a practice he has. The first thing he does is he asks the individual to give him a rundown as to what he thinks the problems are that are most prevalent in people who live closest to him. Wife, husband, fellow workers. He asks them to run down the illnesses that are around him. And he has concluded that it, that at least gives him some idea as to what the individual's real problems are because we're so prone to projection. We tend to see our own problems in other people. And when we're afraid of rejection, we will often try to make other people worse than ourselves before we get started in any relationship because we all know if they're worse than I am, they surely are not going to ever reject me. And you can spot that pattern coming. If you're highly critical of other individuals, you may be afraid of rejection. Thirdly, do you find yourself being motivated by guilt? Does it take guilt to get you going? A few... It was probably a couple of years ago, after a particularly rousing message, uh, a woman from the congregation came to me and said, boy, that's the best sermon I've heard in a long time. And I was so excited with the affirm- to have the affirmation. And, and then she said, I haven't felt that bad in a long time. <laughs> and I was crushed because we slide into that as Christians. That's how we know we're growing is we're getting convicted and what we're really becoming is guilt-driven. That is not Christianity. God does not promote spiritual growth in our lives by guilt feelings. Now, that doesn't mean we're never guilty because we all know that we are judged legally guilty and that's why Christ died for us. And God disposed of the guilt dimension when we accept Christ's punishment in our place. But we are often guilty and we need to acknowledge that. Pervading guilt feelings, though, are not from the Holy Spirit. They are from our sense of unacceptability within ourselves that comes from not allowing God to love us unconditionally and receiving Him. The other day I was pulled over out on the freeway out here. It was at night after a meeting. I don't remember which one, but it was, must have been a good one uh, because I was speeding. I was really in high gear and and I was going quite fast, and, and I, a, a gentleman decided he wanted to have some fellowship with me and threw on a red light and pulled me over and, and uh, recognized me when he got the car and said, uh, there's some pretty shabby driving here, uh, Mr. Murin, and looked at my license, and it was me. And he said, you were really going quite fast. He told me how fast, and you drove across several lanes without signaling. And... Uh, it's really some shabby driving, and I, 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 I'll tell you the truth, I didn't feel guilty. 
I didn't feel guilty at all. In fact, there, were, there was hardly anybody on the road. It hurt nothing. And I, but I was comforted to know when he said, well, tell you what we'll do. We'll just give you a verbal warning this time. And, and I said, that sounds like the godly thing to do. I witnessed to that. That's, that's, that's what I would do too, if I were you. And, But I was guilty whether I felt I was guilty or not. That's the deception of guilt feelings. Sometimes you feel guilty when you shouldn't, and at other times you are guilty and you don't feel guilty. And, and frankly, the Bible has said, yes, we are all guilty, but Christ has taken the punishment. We are legally freed through him. Guilt is not a factor of spiritual motivation for the sound, healthy believer. Another sign that you're maybe into the rejection syndrome, is you have a lot of self-hate. Another one is you have a life-and-death relationship with your work, a relationship, or a goal. Let's talk about this. Workaholism is part of this whole rejection thing. Men overwork to prove their worth. To start off with, then we become addicted to it if we get in that cycle. And women are prone to it too nowadays. If you're in a rejection pattern, I want to give you some practical steps in conclusion this morning is how to get out of it. One, get an adequate view of God. We know without doubt, by ample research now, that the preponderance of our view of God comes from our relationship with our fathers. It's a fact. Most of us relate to God on an emotional, visceral response to the type of fathering we have. It's irrefutably been established. Or we live on the basis of folk theology. I would encourage you to get in some of our adult training classes and get an adequate and learned and schooled view of God. You will find that many gut responses you have to God need to be reshaped by proper information. Two, practice being a forgiver. Aggressively develop the art of forgiving in your life. The Bible says, to the measure that you forgive others, you yourself will be forgiven. Become a consummate forgiver and you will be able to accept yourself and get out of this rejection syndrome. Thirdly, pause for a moment and let God love you unconditionally. God puts no conditions on His love for you and me. Not behaviorally or attitudinally. He comes and He has chosen to love us through Jesus Christ. Fourthly, develop self-acceptance that is based on an accurate self-analysis. I uh, was concerned this summer. I felt I had some, was just getting too angry about things that shouldn't bother me. And, and I, I wanted to find out what was going on, and I found out all that was going on is I was, I was overworked. But I, I did ask a, a therapist a few questions. They interviewed me and said, well, let's start off with seeing if you understand who you are. And when they got through, I realized that I had some idea, but I wasn't, totally always, I wasn't always comfortable with that. For example, she told me, uh, in one, one instance, I was a high-energy person. I'm really incredibly energetic. Don't tire easily, usually. And, and, uh, and then she said, you're, you're really, you're really kind of complex. You're, you're highly dominant over here, but you're also incredibly merciful. And I had taken a personality profile that had, that had uh, been more specific about this kind of input. And it was on paper and graphed out. And I'm kind of a confusing person. Because you never know when I'm going to just you know, be really authoritative or really just merciful. I'm kind of all at once. And, and then, and then this, was the, this was a clincher that uh, also you think too fast for your own good and everybody around you. And, 
And with that mix of personality, they looked at me and said, you're the kind of person people need a vacation from regularly. (laughs) And I was crushed. I thought, what are you saying? And and they said, well, you'll never have an ulcer, let's put it this way, but many people around you may. But (laughs) there are probably a lot of tired people around you. And you just need to know that God made you that way. And, I, you know, I have tried for years. Some of you don't know who Jerry Cook is, but Jerry Cook is the most laid-back, peaceful person I've ever been around, at least on the outside. And I have tried to be that way. I've practiced it. But, how, how are you doing, brother? You know, and, and I've worked on it. I have, but there are situations I see him go, Hey... And boy, I'm trying to go, hey. But I want to go, hey! Hey, hey! <laughs> and I think I'm more right. That's a, that, he doesn't see it right or something is wrong. And, and I've learned that to accept yourself, you can become more than that. But some of us here need to accept ourselves. Start, stop trying to be like somebody else. Be you. And no, God made you that way. And he loves you that way. And there is, a, there is no personality profile for a Christian. There is not a certain personality profile that a Christian has. God is creative. He's multifaceted in what he enjoys and likes. Next, get in a small group where you can be affirmed or have relationships that are very affirming around you. That's why we're in small groups. To get out of some of these hurtful cycles, we need to get in a group of friends. And I'll tell you, if you're just beginning to seek Christ, there's no better group than a group of people who are devoted to following Christ. You can trust them in most instances. Finally, if you're in an abusive relationship and you feel like it's your fault, get out of it, get some help, make sure it gets healed. And if it's so severe, this rejection pattern, that you find yourself debilitated, you may want to seek out some professional counsel just to break it because this rejection reaction we saw in King and pervades so much of our life will destroy us spiritually, relationally, and in every respect. It certainly stops God's beautiful freedom that comes from His Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ, let me tell you, He accepts you. He accepts you unconditionally. He will never reject you. All you need to do is come to Him. Again, that was a message I shared uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, a few uh, years ago. Not light years, but it was uh, given to a group of people who were in a serious Bible study about this stuff. Now, uh, these shows, I want to I tell you, are uh, listener-supported. Uh, I have some friends who help cover airtime and some of the expense of, of taping this, but... Uh, we've got some giveaways we've already shared about it in the, in the show here. You can go to our website called uh, DougMearnRadio.com, DougMearnRadio.com, probably the best place to go. And uh, Or you can mail any contributions to uh, 1806 Fifth Street, 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, W-E-N-A-T-C-H-E-E, 98801. And I'll tell you, we are raising money for evangelism on a, a different format than the Christian-oriented radio show. We're, we're wanting to do some little spots, three-minute, little short, little sort of like uh, the rest of the story Paul Harvey used to have, only, only sharing the gospel. If you'd like to help us do that, 
Now's a great time, and we'll put it to work sharing the gospel. It's not going to go to any over it. It's literally going to go to cover our airtime here and on there. So thank you for, once again, going to DougMearnRadio.com, and it'll guide you how to how to give there. Really appreciate the gift. If, if you can give this month, as we've already stated on the program, we've got the product that we'll send out to you. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin, Caught on Tape, at 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurinRadio.com.